Celtic Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and joining me as always, John Duke. And we are here to tell you that the Boston Celtics are in enormous disarray. What the hell is going on? There's little showing matches and huddles. Kyrie calling out the young guys. Like, seriously, last year we had everything, all the chemistry, but no health. This year we're healthy, and we have no chemistry, and we're really not a better team. This is getting ridiculous to watch. Honestly, like, it's losing my attention almost because I'm getting to a point where it's like even even the Orlando game, John, you know, they get um, Aaron Gordon into foul trouble early. They don't yank him. He stays out there, and then he starts dominating on putbacks and doing some stuff. I mean, they didn't even make him pay for the two early fouls. I just sometimes do not know what's going on. And, you know, Kyrie obviously flipping a lid at the end of the game. And I feel like he's even a little mad with Brad. And this certainly isn't going to help the Celtics' chances of re-signing him. And yet there are people out on Twitter who think maybe he's part of the problem. This is a mess. I would say, I, look, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna try to talk about the, the macro level and the micro level. The micro level right now is this may be as bad as we have seen in terms of disarray since going back. I'd even count the trading in, trading everyone in and out phase that Danny went through in Brad's first year. I'd You're say maybe about going, the Antoine Walker slash Vin yeah. Baker stretch. No, I, I'd, I'd go like the John Carroll, uh, Ken, you know, Kendrick Perkins not playing, but you know, they're just everything really, you know, weird that year after O'Brien got fired. You know, it feels like just everything is just, you know, up is down, left is right, not knowing what you're going to get out of it. It's really maddening and frustrating to watch this team. Now on the macro level, uh, you know, these things should work themselves out. Talent seems to work itself out. I mean, Houston has figured itself out to a great degree. I mean, they're kicking uh, some serious buttocks and uh, taking a lot of names right now. Um, so maybe that's because like their point, maybe that's because their point guard is injured too. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't Kyrie know. Man. may not even be healthy for Monday night, right? So there's that too. Well, yeah. I, and you know, it, it just, it seems like there's definitely a clash of, of culture right here. And the guys who have a few years on them are, are on one corner and the kids are on another. And this is kind of like what you and I were talking about a year ago, uh, more than a year ago when we were previewing last season. Uh, not this season, but last season, you and I talked a lot about the fact, you know, I was saying, well, I'm not sure this team's going to be so good. They rely on the rookies. Well, the rookies came through. Well, now this year, it's like it's a delayed effect, right? So, like, we could understand if we were having this debate and discussion a year ago. Oh, you know, Tatum's in his first year. Brown's in his second year. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to win. And yet we saw these guys go to the conference finals and almost, you know, this far away from making the NBA finals. So it's just, it seems 
very disjointed, very up is down, left is right. And I don't think right now the style of leadership that's being exhibited is really going to help carry them over the, over the hump. It feels like right now something's got to change. And I don't think Kyrie going and, and ripping the guys in the media is really going to help that. I think that he's got to find a different approach. I don't know what Brad's doing on the inside, but this is about leadership at this point. I mean, that's the one thing that's kind of string, stringing me through this. So let me ask you this, then. Come to him, and it comes to Horford, too. Where do you think the leadership is coming from at this point? Because it seemed like when they moved Smart and Morris, the two Marcuses, into the starting lineup, that that's where it came from. And then you look at Marcus Smart. He's hitting three-pointers like a crazy man. He's playing really well, still the standard level of defense. Very rarely do you see a guy uptick on offense after a contract year like this. That is really unique. And then secondly, Marcus Morris in a contract year, absolutely stepping up his offense this year. I mean, even uh, Mike and Scal said on the Orlando broadcast, it's just gotten to a point where if Morris sets up from beyond the arc, they expect it to fall. Everything started to turn around positively for this team when the two Marcuses went into the starting lineup after a 10 and 10 start on the year. And certainly I think we all noticed that Horford, not so great as of late. Uh, He's definitely struggling too. There's, Mm -hmm. there's more than just this rookie thing that Kyrie wants to throw Mm -hmm. out there, Mm -hmm. but Morris, Morris didn't necessarily vocalize it to the media, which to your point may be a big mistake on uh, Kyrie's uh, part, especially if he's going to lead these young guys. And then he's also kind of saying, and put this one in the back of your brain for after this season, if they don't show in the postseason, the playoffs don't go well. This He's saying the young guys, because he's saying, I want to play with established players. I want to play with an Anthony Davis. I want to play da 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 and, and all the guys do this, right? But he was also the guy who didn't want to play with LeBron. So he wants to play with established players. He just doesn't want to play with established players that are better than him. So we'll have to see how well, that goes. I don't know about, I mean, I don't know I, about that. All right, maybe I, that's a stretch, but you know what I mean. That demand more. We'll see. I don't we'll think see. he wants to play with people who are, who are demonstrative and are – uh, all encompassing of their power and, and, and everything that is in their shadow. I think he wants a more of a, a give and take and more of a collegial atmosphere. And I think outside of what these kids are doing, they're getting that, at least in terms of that. I, it seems to me there's a, a relatively good, um, makeup apart from this clear divide that is out there between what the kids are screwing up and the, and the vets aren't providing. And that, I, that's why I think it's a leadership thing. And I think Brad, uh, yeah, but Morris, hold on. I agree that it's a leadership thing, but if Kyrie is going to be a max deal kind of guy, a take the shot at the end of the game, every time kind of guy, somebody who's going to get pissed when they don't get that shot. And then I know he's mad at Brown, but Brown didn't take the last shot. Tatum no, did no, in that Orlando no. game. Right. And right. then he's yelling at Hayward. And Horford's right. not playing well. Like, this isn't the young guy thing. This is how, as a leader, you lose your team. And that's going to be a big-time issue. And to your point about Brad, God, I would love to know what Brad's thinking because 
Kyrie was yelling at Brad too. He wasn't right. just holding it back for Hayward. It was almost like to me, I'm like, oh, the Butler connection is getting reamed out by Kyrie, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in, in a way, he's not even placing it on his Duke cohort in Jason Tatum. He's leveling it at Brown, but the whole play was just garbage, but he wants every big shot. That's why they signed him. If they're going to pay him that money, he should get it. He just kind of needs to watch himself because he's not going to motivate those young players to play better. That happens behind the scenes. It happens in the locker room. It happens with Marcus Smart speaking up. And, and you know, Morris kind of led into Brown, too. We didn't even talk about that. But, but that at least wasn't public. But, yeah, he just totally pushes Jalen. No, that was public. <laughs> that was in public, I guess. That yeah. was in public, but, you know, it doesn't get pushed out unless, you know, the cell phones exist. Right. If there were no cell phones, right. very few people would know about that, whereas – Regardless of the cell phones, Kyrie was going to say that to somebody in the paper. Yeah. I mean, it was coming out. What Kyrie had to say was 100% coming out. The Morris thing was kind of, you know, frustration boiling over. But that's what, two games in a row that they've yeah. had major chaos. It's like right when you think they're getting it together, they go on the road and they fall apart. And you and I keep talking about when is they going to go on this road trip and come together as a team. And they go on these road trips and they're like, man, I could, I forgot since the last road trip, I forgot how much I can't stand being around you guys. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, there, I never want to say I want them to make a trade because I really do believe this is the best roster on, um, you know, let's say May, June 15th that sets them up for an Anthony Davis trade. I don't want to, every asset they have is helpful, I think, in, in putting them towards that, but they're at a point where you look at a guy like Terry Rozier and you think, okay, he's a restricted free agent. Is there something they could get? Maybe. Maybe a little bit of a decrease in the value of what you could trade actively is worth it. Uh, because right now, Terry is, I don't know what it is with him, but uh, I, I can tell you what it is when I see it. It's not good. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to transition to that conversation. But first, I want to remind everybody to follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media, Facebook.com slash CLNS fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. And finally, YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews. Us, Celtic Stuff Live, The Garden Report, The Roundtable. And, John, I definitely wanted to talk about Rozier. You read my mind. Uh, well, I don't understand. This is a guy who totally stepped up, but I almost feel like with Kyrie healthy, he's entirely lost his confidence. I mean, completely out of his game. And I feel like last year, even when he was coming off the bench, he was still up. You know, his playoff Terry and – but as soon as he had a shot at starting, he got into this like crazy rhythm with the young guys. There's got to be a division going on here between young and old school. And I wonder where Tatum lands on that. And I also wonder a little bit where Hayward lands on that. Those are the two guys that I think are kind of fencing old school, new school or old crew, young crew. 
it's pretty crazy when we're talking about guys who are 27, 28 on this I team know. being the, being the old guys, right? The old but, guard, but, yeah. But having said that, you know, there is like this 19, 20 year old crew that they know they've got their whole careers ahead of them. They played amazing last year, took them within one game of going to the finals. And Terry by far is just out of his element this year <laughs> and his trade value is going down and it's a contract year. I don't, this one, this one is rough. You almost wish they traded him in the off season unless they 100% plan on keeping him. And, or, well, and if or, they do plan on keeping him, how do they keep him and Kyrie and Smart and play him all the minutes they deserve, especially with Smart but, emerging like but, he is? Yeah, but see, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't think they, I think they know, I think they were trying to go in with as much talent as possible. But I think the real reason to have Terry on the roster is the potential for sign and trade abilities, um, for Anthony Davis. I mean, I think that's the whole reason you keep him. Um, you know, you maybe you want to, you know, have a little bit more and know that you could keep him as a restricted free agent, just have more bullets available, uh, at your disposal. But at this point, with, you know, 42 games into the season, we're a little more than halfway now. I think we have enough of sample size to say, he just doesn't want to do it. He just doesn't want to play that role. And, you know, the thing is, is like there was that game, that first game that Kyrie had back where it was like, okay, we've kind of, everyone kind of fits, fits into a spot here. You know, they had a, a pretty nice game against Indiana. They moved the ball well. I mean, that's the, that's the crazy thing about this. I would argue the Indiana game was maybe as good a game as they've had all year. You know, just in terms of everyone having some positivity, it, the ball movement, everyone playing defense. I mean, it's just, it was, it was nice. And then they go in and put two stinkers up. Like that's the thing that drives me crazy is like, I was never as high on this team as I was after that Indiana game. And I don't think I've been as low as I've been with this team as after this Orlando game. It's unbelievable. Yeah, totally. It, it is nuts. And I guess we're done with the Rosier conversation at this point. But, but he's, he's emblematic of that though, Justin. Like, yeah, he, he is. is like, he and, he and Jalen, when you go through, uh, I'm just looking at basketball reference. You look at win shares per 48. Okay. Everything is 0.1 or 0.2 except for Jalen Brown, Terry Rosier. Like it's like, well, okay. Except semi Ojale. But like you talk about guys who are putting in real minutes. Those two just stand out is clearly a drop below everybody else on this roster. And it's crazy because we know yeah, what they're what capable sucks of. About, yeah, we know what they're capable of, but what makes that so difficult is those are the two players that have been the most identified in any kind of a trade. You knew that somebody was going to ask for Brown or Tatum. You knew that Terry was going to get mixed in. Both of those guys had incredible value after the postseason last year. And now here we are wondering what kind of value they have. Terry being trade bait, this goes, it's going to take more to get the deal done now. There's going to be attitude questions. There's going to be ability questions. Nobody's going to go back to the last postseason and say, oh yeah, they were this and they were that. They're going to say, well, that's what they could be. But, but look at their attitude around the vets. Look at what Kyrie said about Brown. So clearly said about Brown and, you know, not giving a hundred percent and not playing every day. Like it's the postseason and how are they going to be able to compete? And, and I get it. They might be able to go to said team when they're trading to and, and basically make the argument that Terry and Brown need to have a prominent role to really grow. And once they, you know, come out from underneath that shadow that they're the kinds of players that are, you know, going to have a chip on their shoulder too after leaving this instance and this scenario. 
So maybe there's a spin there and, and Danny's been great at spin and really helping, you know, move some of these players sometimes and always winning out on deals. And, but I just think that that's what makes that even less credible of a pitch because people know Danny's throwing that, you know, shade at him. So I'm not sure that opposing GMs are going to be, you know, a hundred percent in. I mean, I definitely want to go back to the Indiana game, but, but before we do, we got to take a break, but I, I just want to, do you have anything to add? about Rozier and sort of the, the trade bait and the value because, you know, even even well, the picks, even their picks, and we have to add this in because I know you wanted to talk about this last show and we didn't get to it, but even the picks are losing value right now. Not as bad. It's it's, it's that stabilized. I mean, it, there's a chance that you won't, you won't get the Memphis pick now because it seems to be going the other way. Sacramento has – they lost to Phoenix. So hold I'm on, not hold on. We're going to talk that. about that later. Stay on right. Rozier. But, but Rozier – Okay. The thing with Rozier, though, it's all a question of what does Del Demps think? What does Mickey Loomis think? Right? What do the, what do the New Orleans Pelicans feel about Terry Rozier? I mean, how many young point guards are out there available for them to pick? There aren't many. There aren't many that are out there and ready to put butts in seats because that's the other piece of this. So they need a young point guard. They need somebody who's electric, who's exciting. I mean, Terry fits all those. We know what he can do in a bigger role. They may feel like they get him on the cheap, you know, but it's still part of that package. And then they sign him for a longer-term deal that maybe maybe in terms of value and trade value, they think they get more than they sign him to the deal that they want. I mean, I, th- I just think that there's there's a value there for New Orleans to to uh, be excited about, and I think that we've all knew going into this year that Terry Rozier was not going to be in the role that was best going to show what he could do. He made his money, I think, in the playoffs last year. The question is, how much is he losing? And I don't think it's as much as we might think. Because I think NBA GMs know what the guy is capable of and saw him on the brightest of stages and say, I want that guy on my team. All right. Well, we're going to come back and talk about that in just a second. But first, I'm going to tell everybody about 1 in 100. Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza? Hell yeah. Tired of paying all the inflated markups from brokers or those last-minute convenience charges just to end up paying courtside prices for nosebleed seats, go to one in 100co That's O-N-E-I-N-1-0-0.co. Feeling lucky? Try it out now. There's no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets to events, and it's a totally new way to score tickets to the Boston Celtics and other favorite events. The cost to potentially score these tickets with a 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can get a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer, and your first raffle ticket is free after you sign up. The experience of using 1 in 100 is extremely fun and exciting, from picking your lucky number to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets. Are you feeling lucky? Try it. 1 in 100.co. That's O-N-E-I-N 100.co. And Robinhood, an investing app. It lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. This non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence is for you. It definitely was for me. I have friends that have been encouraging me to invest in cryptocurrencies, and now I've finally done it with Robinhood's easy-to-use app. 
Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio and discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized newsfeed. There's also custom notifications for price movements, so you never miss the right time to invest. Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at CelticStuff.RobinHood.com. That's CelticStuff.RobinHood.com. John, I'm going to talk about Indiana as sort of a teaser, but (laughs) it's really going to lead, it's really going to lead to this conversation that's kind of going out on Twitter. You know, about, and it leaps off of Rozier, but it's really more about Kyrie. Mm-hmm. You know, is Kyrie the problem? And, and based on the way Rozier played and how everybody else gets involved and how that whole system kind of comes together, almost like they're a college team that competes at the pro level behind the reins of Brad Stevens. We're going to get to that, but Indiana's the teaser because what you just said, here's a game that we picked last week that said, that's the one. That's the one that proves that the home streak is real. Mm-hmm. And they go out and do it. And then mm-hmm. you're riding a high. And then they go to Florida and they suck it. And I'm just going to say it. They suck mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And the effort and everything, and I don't think it's so singular. You look at the first, you look at the second possession. I guess Tatum went to the line. I think Tatum went to the line for two shots and then Kyrie came down as the first or second possession. And Kyrie's first, first shot of the game is three steps back from the three point line and goes right up into it. And that to me is crap for him to call everybody out. That's garbage. That's not how the Indiana game started. And they still staked a big lead and then lost it in the first quarter, which is something they're notorious for doing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I understand all of it, but. The Indiana game shows you everything that could be right. Why can't they sustain that? What is the deal? What did you see in Indiana that all of a sudden doesn't show up in Florida? Yeah. Well, huh. um, it's a good question. You know, it's, is it, is it, you know, viewing theory type stuff where the, I'm not really talking about the Indiana game so much, but the absence of a player, you feel the need, you know, and, and everyone steps up and maybe they're more focused. Maybe they're more direct in what they need to do. I, the thing with the Indiana game, and you're right. And that was, it was a free flowing game, but that game also had Kyrie doing some, you know, he, he, he had his, um, you know, his strong start as well, you know, but for whatever reason, it didn't get offset by the fact that, uh, others, others kept it going or others kind of brought their own energy to it as opposed to, okay, well now I've got to do what Kyrie's doing. It's, they're replicating the play, not the, not the energy, you know, and doing the thing that, that Kyrie's doing what Kyrie does well, which is make shots, right? Jalen Brown needs to do what Jalen Brown does. You know, which is drive to the basket and play tough defense. Terry Rozier needs to do what he does, which is hit pull up threes, get in the lane, create floaters, floaters. floaters. Sure, I love the floaters. I mean, he's, he's not got a, a great creator, but his well, floater not a creator, but but he it. creates shots for himself and he gets in the paint 
And then he, you know, I'm not talking. You're right. He's great at ISO. And and I saw them set Brown up for ISO so many times in that Orlando game. Yeah. Like everybody's, and I'm like, nah, he's just not, I get that you want to run that. And he's got a nice little jump shot that I think is starting to work for him. (laughs) He's definitely not a ball hog. And you could see him try to create for others like he did during that homestand. But I'm just not sure he's ready for ISO. I just don't think they know how to get him involved, and now he's the butt of the joke within the team, and that's unfortunate. But, but I the effort, the effort is yeah. a 100% call out. They have got to give that effort every single game, and they're not. And I don't think it's limited to the young guys. I think right. I think the effort. Um, I think it's it's a focus thing for Jalen, and and it displays itself through effort. Um, you know, I think. But how know, much of that is the reduced role? You know, like, I, uh, like, you know, like the postseason, like I. That's that's, but I think that's crap. You know, and, and I've heard that too. Like, well, he's 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 asked to do less. Where you know what? Like, you play twenty minutes. You're a pro. You got to be able to make that. Make that adjustment, right? I mean, when you're in, you play, you know, and, and I know it's just, you know, it's like, well, you know, he's not in this position. He's now in that position, but he's got it. He's a pro. He's got to be able to take the situation he's got. And if he, if he does it well, he fights his way through it and regains the spot he had, but it, he seems unwilling or unable to do that on a consistent basis. And that's a fact of youth. I mean, that was what I was saying about a year ago. A year ago, I didn't think we could rely on guys like Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum to play well. I thought that this sort of thing is what we would see a lot more of last year. The difference is, is, you know, we don't have Gordon Hayward playing as Gordon Hayward, you know, and, and, you know, Kyrie is, is mixing in with this group that, you know, they had success. So there's this whole weird thing about it, but those guys, there's a sense of entitlement. If you believe what Kyrie's saying, you know, basically that's what he's calling them out on. He's saying they think that they don't need to work as hard all the time. They don't understand what it takes to win every night in this, in this league. And I think that there's truth. And when we see the results, that does seem to be what's happening. You look at the box scores, you look at, you know, over 42 games here now in the books, and you can see, just as I said, looking at what's going on in win shares for 48, there's two guys that stand out at the bottom of the list, Terry Rozier and Jalen Brown. And I'm but not nobody saying, has and, more and had their role impacted by Gordon Hayward and Kyrie being healthy than those right. two guys. But so what? I don't think right? that's a surprise. Now, definitely not so what. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you go from a point where you're growing. Listen, yeah. all of us in this life need to feel like we are progressing. We all need to feel like we're productive and that we're contributing. The effort right. call out is different than that. And I'm, and, and maybe their response to their stock in this team and their situation is not veteran like or no. amicable right. or yep. correct. But at the end of the day, like, they feel like they got punked because they played well enough to get within a game of the finals last year. And now they're just kind of sitting shotgun to this ride, right? And they don't know where they fit and they don't know where their role is. That's a step back. That's tough for any young player, especially when you've been winning. It's like, look at what Antoine Walker, look how hard of a time he had, even as an older player, kind of being relegated to taking a step back and then getting traded. And the next thing you know, he's like not even in the league. Like that's hard for a player who's established 
mm-hmm. let alone a young player who's got all the talent, has everybody telling them that they're going to be a star in this league, including the franchise. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That they're playing for currently. It's not like they're, it's not like it's just their homies that are like, Hey, you're going to be awesome. You know, I'm behind you. I'm the hype man. Yay. Yay. These are, you know, this is like the franchise believes this. The coach yeah. believes this. The fan base believes this. Right. And then the next thing you know, they're coming off the bench. They've got reduced minutes. And even the way they run the offense isn't the same as last year because they're going to do all this Kyrie crap. And, and, and I'm okay. just going to go ahead and transition to this converse, yeah, the, part of the conversation. The Kyrie part? Cause yeah, we get the Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah. Yeah. Because look, this is, he's feeling like Paul Pierce before KG and Ray. So on the one hand, you know, we corrected Paul by bringing in these veterans, which is what Kyrie is kind of starting to send a message to the top of the organization. You better bring me some people or I'm going to go to New York or I am going to do that other stuff because I'm not sticking around to play with these babies. You know what I mean? And (laughs) that's not the conversation that Paul had, right? He was frustrated a little bit and he was struggling. Then he had the injury and there was all of that going on. But basically it was like, you know, Paul deserves a chance to win. So we're either going to trade him, and Paul agreed with that, or we're going to get him the help he needs. But the problem was, right before that decision was finally made, the whole team stood around and waited for Paul to go win a game for him or to go do this and go do that. Here's my problem with the Kyrie situation. There's a lot of players that still do that. I'll tell you who doesn't do that is Tatum. Tatum is not standing around. That's why he got that last look. Did the play get screwed up? Yeah, the play got screwed up. It wasn't, didn't wind up being the best look. But and I don't think Paul Pierce was running around yelling at people because he didn't get that shot every game. And they've got a guy who can make it. Now, the problem is, is Tatum was off in Orlando and it was clear from the start. You know, he got to the rim a couple of times and whatnot, but he really, and he scored his points and he did his thing. But he, he wasn't money Tatum. He wasn't smooth. He wasn't butter. Even his release looked different. It was too snappy. It wasn't, he's got that kind of fluid release. And all of a sudden in the Orlando game, it was kind of snappy. And I think that's, you know, whatever happened, happened. But I'm a little concerned about Kyrie, not just because of the non-leadership vocalizing whatever thing we talked about earlier, but I'm concerned about it because I think that other people on the team don't get as involved in the offense and they lose their way. Well, and it's, and on the other side of that, you have guys like, like Bill Simmons, um, my favorite foul, uh, pal, um, who are saying you need to see more. Is, didn't he coin the Ewing theory, by the way? Didn't that's he coin the Ewing that's theory? That's I was very yeah. surprised that you referenced that. I, moment I did because I was, I was going to lead up to this, which is, you know, this Kyrie thing, which is, you know, he's saying that Kyrie needs to take more leadership. Kyrie needs to take more of the shots. Kyrie needs to be more James Harden, you know, and it's funny. That's you know, not Brad Stevens style. Then you might as well go well, get Doc Rivers and bring him back into town because that's exactly what Doc Rivers would do with this roster. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think that what to me the issue with that though is that that right, it's not who they are. It's also not Kyrie is where he is, and and this team right now is they're trying to become much more egalitarian. They're trying to be that team where the person who's open is the person who shares the ball. And right now, Kyrie is in is in both worlds. He knows what he's good at. He knows what the team the team needs scoring. 
On the other hand, he's got a coach and players and teammates that need to share the ball. But when the ball gets shared to them, what are their decision making? It's, it's dribble, 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 pull up from 19 feet. It's, you know, force a tough shot with a hand in your face. It, you know, all these like bad behaviors. And so I think Kyrie has that same sort of devil on his shoulder and angel on his shoulder saying, you know, that, that kind of debate, should I be taking on more of a role here? Should I be taking less of a role here? And at this point they're losing. <laughs> so it seems like both, both are the wrong answer. Um, I don't think it's, I don't think it's Kyrie's responsibility to fix this. You know, I don't think it's, it's Kyrie's. Brad's, then. I think it is. It's not Kyrie's, it's Brad's. No, I think it's, I think it's Jalen Brown's. Jalen Brown's a third year player. He wants a max contract this summer. You know, Terry Rozier wants a big contract this summer. Jason Tatum wants to be a star. Like, you gotta play like it. You gotta wanna win. You know, I can, I can go, I can go in the lab with Drew Hamlin all I want, but I've gotta be able to prove it. Well, no, we but, we knew it's too many people. We knew it's too many people, too many talented people, not maybe. getting enough minutes, not it's having a clear type role. Of, it's, it's it's not too many talented people. It's too many talented people at the wrong stage in their career. That's yeah, what the well, issue is. Well, it's the whole thing. It just doesn't fit together. It's time for a move, and we're getting close to the all-star break. Like, it could happen. It won't be Anthony it. Davis. We already know the reasons it won't be. And it may not happen, and they may ride out this year. Yeah. But this could be an ugly ride until they can get this fixed. And we talked about this before the season even started. We said this could be an issue. Like, where do these pieces fit? Guys taking downward rolls. I mean, everything that you sort of, like, worry about is happening. I guess on the one hand, like, I know Danny can't just materialize trades just for the sake of materializing a trade, but I do also believe that they could have done a better job planning for this, right? Like you would have thought that there would have been some meetings about, hey, this could be an issue this year. Let's take a look at the different people on the roster. What are their personalities like? What's it going to take? And then really just come out and preempt that. Just say this is the way it's going to go this year. You know, and then adjust, and maybe they did and it didn't work and now it's unraveled. I don't know because I'm not there and I'm a huge fan of Brad and I think it will all come together under Brad. And, and, but I also feel like Brad's lost control for the first time since he came on to lead the Celtics. All he did was take underachievers after underachievers and make them look like all stars. And now all of a sudden he's got all stars and they look like underachievers. WTF. <laughs> WTF. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a, a great call. I think that that's exactly what's happening here. They have lost control is tough, but, but certainly he's not, they're not responding to him. They're not responding in the way he needs them to respond. And, you know, we've got veteran leadership that players aren't listening to. You've got young players that are kind of doing their own thing. You know, the team seems to play better when one or two key pieces aren't in the mix. You know, it just, it's tough. It's a tough mix. And, and, you know, how much can you trade realistically and still have enough assets to stay in the, the Anthony Davis, you know, sweepstakes? That's, I mean, to me, you want to try to win it this year, but are they going to win it 
if if these guys can't get on the same page? And clearly the answer is no. You know, I still think they have enough talent to to beat Milwaukee, to beat Detroit, I mean to Toronto, to beat you know Philly, Indiana. I think they could beat all those teams. Well, Philly's struggling the same way. I mean, they're sure. you know without Embiid, they're garbage. It seems like. I mean, they're 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 having the same kind of issues. They just don't yep. have the same level of all stars unless you just want to equate Kyrie and Butler. But otherwise, it's a young team. So you almost give Philly. The, hey, we kind of expected that to happen with you guys. We just don't expect it with Boston. Um, you know, we expected that Toronto would be good if Kawhi would be healthy. That was the big unknown. But it, mm-hmm. if healthy, we knew that they were going to be a really strong team. But we also thought the Celtics would sit above them in the standings. And here we are. I guess we should have anticipated the NBA wanted their next rising star to be really killing it and the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis just going bananas. But amazing, yeah. I mean, we can't say it's amazing. They've been really, but I dude, mean, the Euro, but the Euro step for Giannis is literally like from half court to the hole. It's just ridiculous. I mean, one, his legs two, are, no. yeah. It's 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 wacky. It's wacky. Yeah. But I I think that's I think we got to wrap the show. We're definitely going to be back next week. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this all plays out. We definitely have to start looking to the trade deadline. Maybe there's a small move. Who knows what will come, how that will come together. Uh, they did, we didn't even talk about this, but they did re-sign RJ Hunter and we didn't talk about the picks decreasing value. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll hit that, uh, next week, but, um, definitely have to see how RJ does. But anyway, that's going to do it for this week's show. The broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And a what what to Samuel Elias, executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso. And for my co-host, John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live. Dude, I thought you were going to kill me when I tried to gloss over RJ Hunter. No. But we didn't do the we didn't talk about next week either. The coming week. And we played Toronto. Oh, by oh we didn't do the coming week in Toronto. So, we didn't so do guess what? Everyone's listening right now. Here's the outtake, baby. Here we go. Let's do this. Which right? one are we going to do? Are we going to do RJ oh, Hunter? No, the Toronto RJ game. Sorry, RJ. Okay. Love you, RJ. RJ R, RJ's Jeez. out. He's in the yeah. main red claw. Sorry, we can save that for Red Claws stuff live. That's right. The picks decreasing value. That can wait again another week. We'll table it. So maybe once, maybe so, a week when someone doesn't get shoved, we'll wait for that. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. There's too much negativity. Too much negativity. Negativity in this town sucks. It stinks. And it sucks. Yeah, it's almost, it's, it's almost like Rick Patino just walked through that door. He's walking through that door, fans. <laughs> All right, so what's what what is your prediction? Four games. Four games. We got we got Brooklyn Monday night. We got Toronto on Wednesday night. And then right, back one and to back. One. And then back to back we got uh, a Friday Saturday with Memphis and Atlanta. 3 and 1, right? I mean it's clear. 
Nope, nope. Last week we nope. said three and zero. Oh. Last and week two. we said three and zero, oh, and they went one and two. You go one and three. They got a bunch yep. of home games, right? They got a, yeah. how many of these are home games? Uh, Not all four, right? One of them. No, uh, Brooklyn's on the road, and the other three are at home, right? No, no, the two and two on the road, two at home. The the Saturday night games away at Atlanta. Oh, okay, at the okay, okay. So Memphis so is Bro- home. So Brooklyn's home. away, and Toronto, yeah, yeah, two and two. But yeah. they win the Brooklyn game and lose the Toronto game. Win the Memphis game. I mean. Uh, lose the Memphis game and win the Atlanta game. How about this? Two and two, but they beat Toronto. <laughs> I can so, totally see it. You know what, though? That's totally still the that. way this team rolls. That's, that is that's... exactly how this team rolls. So yeah. so is it the Atlanta game that you're thinking? No. Not I, Brooklyn. I, I Actually, yeah. I think they lose the Are Brooklyn. you really going? Because they have Three played them row. tough. You know what? Brooklyn has played them tough. I yeah. mean, surprisingly, they've been close, and they should never even be close no. to this team. No. And yet they stay close. You're right. right. They've played them tough, and they've got what Hernan Gomez, and mm-hmm. you know they they get it they get it done in the middle a little bit. I mean, so I, you're should gonna, be, I should be worried about Memphis, you know, Gasol and all that. But yeah, I think I think Brooklyn Brooklyn gets them, and then. <laughs> And then Memphis because of the them. see, I don't think there's I don't think there's any way Brooklyn gets them because I think the young guys are going to be super pissed. You know what I mean? And they are going to rise in that one game to Mister Kyrie. So they win that one, and then and then when they, they go win. play Toronto, they still play. No, when they go play Toronto, they still play hard, but they just can't pull it out. Um, and then I think well. I can see a world where they, where they win the next two games and then lose the next two. In a world. Yeah. (laughs) In a world where, never mind, I'm not going to get there. Yeah. You've almost got there, but. I I almost, but I'm, I don't want to. I'm just, it's late. I'm, I'm done. Okay. (laughs) We're toast, everybody. That's going to do it. That's the, we're out on the outtakes. We're out on the outtakes. That's it. Okay.